episode is it? Four. Four, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's pretty good, man. Right. Hello and welcome to episode four of Talk Like Egyptian. Talk Like Egyptian. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll do it again. Sorry. Wow, the only thing I have to say in the whole thing and I can't even do it. Okay. <clears throat> Hello and welcome to episode four of Talk Like an Egyptian. Today we're going to be discussing the TV series Rami. Bum, bada, bum, bada, bum. Okay, who wants to start? Do you want to say who you are? I'm Ella. I'm Amy. And I'm May. Welcome. Okay. Cool. So, does someone want to describe what it is if they've never seen it before? Yeah, shall I? Here you go, May. Well, I was going to say, actually, so today we're going to be talking about Rami season two, but we watched season one um, before as well. So if you haven't watched the show, it basically follows the life of Rami and he's an Egyptian born and raised in America and kind of talks about everything that comes with that. So they're Muslim Egyptians um, and he's got two Egyptian parents and crazy extended family. And um, it really takes like unexpected twists and turns. It's not really what you expect it to be. Um, a lot of the time. I don't think I've ever been able to predict an episode. So, yeah. So we're just going to talk about it. So, yeah. Warning, there's uh, loads of spoilers. Um, we've just finished season two and quite a lot happens. Um, so if you haven't watched it and plan to, maybe don't listen. But also, I don't think it spoils it that much. It's still a crazy show if you watch it. So, yeah. Cool. Um, nice. I was thinking, start with, do you want to like talk briefly about season one? Because we never probably discussed that. Because season one was crazy. So we can start with that. Okay, so let's talk about where we left it as one. Okay, so so the massive spoiler at the end of season one uh, was Rami fancying his first cousin, Amina, <laughs> isn't it? Who's Amina? Amina, okay. That was such a shocking turn of events and made me very, very uncomfortable. Oh, tell me about it. Tell me. It was so... Do you know what's so weird, though? Because he really took you on a journey because you're like, oh, you're in Egypt because the last two episodes of season one were filmed in Cairo, which is really cool. And they're like, this is great. And then they go to this Sufi place and they, they do their chanting or whatever. Super cool. And then that moment when they're on the bridge and I we were all like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, for real. I was literally screaming at the TV. I was absolutely terrified. I hated every second of it. Wait, do they actually show them kissing in season one? Or do they leave it on a cliffhanger? Oh, they actually show them kissing. Okay. Yeah, that was very uncomfortable. Yeah, the whole time I saw it happen, it's really... Do you know what's so good about Romy? They always go there. <laughs> you always watch it and you're like, don't go there, don't go there. It's like the uncomfortable scene with the 16-year-olds or whatever um, earlier in that season. You're like, no, don't go there. And they go there every time. So, yeah, so that scene was um, where... Rami's friend, who's um, disabled, he meets a girl online, a gamer girl, and uh, goes to hang out with her. And it turns out she's a 16-year-old girl, and um, he really wants to get with her. And he wants Rami to be his wingman. And it just takes... It's just so, so uncomfortable. And it's... Oh, you know, like, it reminds me a bit of in-betweeners with how uncomfortable it makes you sometimes. Like, it's so that vibe, isn't it? A hundred percent. It is totally that kind of level of uncomfortableness. But like in every episode, he, he makes me uncomfortable. Like another uncomfortable scene for me was when the parents <laughs> get together, start kissing and so on. That just every episode makes me super uncomfortable. <laughs> you, you mean when the parents sleep together? 
Yeah. That that actually that was really upsetting to me. So I really love how in every season it's like um uh starts off with episodes about Rami and then each character gets their own episode where they lead where you like see their stories that are only like touched upon in the Rami episodes because he's such a self-centered prick. Um and then at the end it goes back to Rami and it kind of rounds things off. Um but I really really I think my favorite episodes are the ones that um touch on the mums stories and that was in her episode wasn't it when she slept with her husband and it was just it was such an I just loved it I just loved it it was really it was really upsetting yeah I think the mom is actually an amazing character because I think I know I know Romy doesn't represent every Egyptian family but I think she's a pretty good representation and what I think is really clever about Romy is the attention to detail like if you if you're an Egyptian you know she doesn't sound completely Egyptian but good enough so they give her a story that explains why she doesn't and then it kind of I think he also takes a lot from the actual real life people that play the characters so she obviously speaks Arabic for a reason so it's kind of a bit incorporated he incorporated her French and you can tell also like I know she kind of is quite mumsy in the show but you can tell that she's kind of like glamorous ish I don't know there's something about her that's quite glamorous despite how mumsy she looks but they're also really relatable stories as well in general yeah I was gonna say yeah she is like a glamorous but mumsy and I think that's actually a really good like um representation of Arab mums in general I mean you get a lot of you know our, my friends my Egyptian friends as mums are usually very glamorous but also you know very mumsy all up in your business and yeah I thought that was done really well <laughs> okay okay um, so that so that was season one. I mean, do we want to move on to season two? Yep. And maybe we can revert back to season one at some point. So um, I've got a few notes here. So one of the first things that... Um, so so they, they have a dog in season two, okay? And they talk about dogs being haram. And that is such a massive thing in Egyptian culture. I mean, I've always, always wanted a dog. And every, my, my dad is always like... No, you can't have a dog. The haram, the haram, and that was always the excuse. So you know, no explanation, no nothing, um, which I thought was hilarious. Well, I think a big thing that we need to like say at the beginning of season two is the amazing addition of Mahershala Ali in the season as the sheikh, and he is so so cool in it because I think he he kind of um, adds that little like narration where he kind of explains to you like life so with the dog thing he's the one I think who says like they're not haram like dogs themselves aren't haram and like he says the same thing as like alcohol itself isn't haram drinking it is and he's just this like constant voice of reason throughout even in the episodes he's not in you just know he's there and you're like what would Sheikh think <laughs> yeah I can't believe I, I talked about Boomer the dog before Sheikh Ali <laughs> sorry sorry everyone <laughs> I thought he was the best addition to the season I'm sorry although Boomer was beautiful she was a lovely dog Forget Boomer, what? <laughs> I know the dog was called Boomer. But no, Mahesh Ali's addition to the thing, like, totally, totally makes it. And, like, just the the whole, like, addition to moving to another mosque. Because when the season started, I was like, oh, Rami's going to go find God. I was like, okay, whatever. But I was like, I don't, I don't want him to go do that. I don't know. I was like, how good a show is this going to be? But they do it so, so well. How much do we all hate Rami? Oh. Absolutely. Oh my god, I actually hate him so much. He's the worst person on earth. Like, he's just a horrible person. The thing that I don't get is in both seasons, people are really nice to him. I don't know what people see in him. Because even when he first goes to the mosque, Sheikh Ali is super nice and he wants to help him. I get it. But he 
it's like he saw some sort of like goodness in Rami and I really struggle to see that every time. I don't even see an ounce of goodness from him. Do you, do you know what I think it is about Rami? He's just so, so pathetic that people pity him. I don't think it's that they see good in him, is that it's just so pitiful that everyone wants to help him. You know, it's like a bird with like broken wings or something. Do you know what really annoys me? Like every time he's like, oh, I want to help. To me, it never to me felt sincere. It always, I knew he was doing it because he wanted to feel better about himself. Like even when he was speaking to Dennis, the, the revert eventually, like the white guy in the, in the diner, I was like, this just does not seem genuine to me. I, I was so, and then he like really, I don't know, he really doesn't think things through. Like to take this guy, to take him to the mosque, so basically this bit of the story is where he meets like a guy who's obviously struggling in Mo's diner and he's like asking for a job and Rami's like, I'm this great new Muslim, I'm going to help him, let me take him to the mosque. I've just recently joined and I'm sure I'll find him a job. And the boy, the guy he speaks to is obviously confused and is not okay. But do you know how that started with him helping him is like um, him judging his friends really heavily for not helping this guy and him being like, okay, fine, I'll step in because I'm this new amazing person. And it's so interesting because one of his friends is actually a really strict practicing Muslim and... And a doctor. I would say he's... Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and, and Mo, I think his reasoning was really fair, actually. You know, he can't just give mm. random jobs to random guys who ask, you know what I mean? I really like Mo. I mean, I, he's a comedian in real life um, and he's so funny, but I just think he's hilarious because he says everything we're all thinking sometimes, <laughs> like in the most outrageous way. It's so funny. It's so, so true. I love that the end of the series, I know we're skipping, I know we're skipping a bunch, but he does the virtual hag, hag, hag I don't know how you say hag. So he, he does like, v, he's got his VR glasses and then he pays some guy to go to Saudi Arabia and go to Mecca and like do the hag. Am I saying it right? Yeah, I love that scene so much because he's wearing his like fur-lined jacket and they're actually in Atlantic City or whatever with, in a casino and he's like, yo, bro, yeah. And like they're in the strip club and he's like, yeah, no, my, my, my man's <laughs> nearly there. He's nearly there. Oh, I've got half an hour. Crazy. Half an hour to sin before all my sins are like wiped out. Oh. But it's so funny because we all do that. Don't we all like go, yeah, when I'm older, I'm going to pray. Like when I'm older, I might cover up. Like when I'm older, I'll start like asking for forgiveness. And he's literally it's so true. It's so true. It in half an hour. <laughs> yeah, for real. I love Mo. I want him to be my friend. I just his friends are way too nice to him. I don't understand why they stick with Rami because they're way too good. Can I just say though, although they are they are very tolerant of Rami, I like he was actually trying to be good towards the end, and then they were like, "Yeah, let's go to Atlantic City," and I was like, "No, he needs more better friends." And at the same time, they corrupt him so much. But it's really difficult because like you're so with someone like Romy who has like a terrible track record in changing that's probably what they thought like literally the season before which in time I don't think it's that long ago he took them to a party to the Jewish girl's house and like and like the his friend that's actually quite strict so he he sticks to it actually so even at the party he put a mat down and prayed and so like I think that's what every Muslim in like the western world has to do and I don't know why is Romy so weak it just shows you like because when he went to Atlanta City, I, I was so worried. I was like, this is it. This is where he's going to mess everything up. But, um, yeah. Wait, wait. Do you say every Western Muslim needs to take a little prayer out to parties? <laughs> yeah, basically. No, but I'm saying, like, we all... It's really difficult if you want to be... 
like do you avoid the parties completely this is what i'm saying i mean i don't take a prayer mat definitely not but like his friend is like okay my friend's hanging out here let me go and i'll find a place to pray you know and I'm, it's all right like i don't think you just do what you do and that's how their friendship has been forever and suddenly Rami's like no i only go to the mosque it's, it's quite a difficult adjustment for your friendship yeah Ma- Rami's so extreme isn't he he's either super good or super bad like uh do you know though fun fact about his friend the bald guy the doctor he's actually a christian lebanese in real life really yeah yeah i watched an interview wow. and yeah he's he's american i didn't even get lebanese from his accent he doesn't speak much arabic i was thinking about this i don't think he he speaks uh, too much arabic in it no he doesn't he doesn't have full conversations only mo does that's another thing i really like about the show you know because the community thing really annoys me with people who aren't arab having the audacity to speak Arabic because I realized when I said this in the podcast last time basically I'm saying it's actually almost impossible for someone to have a good Arabic accent if they they're not Arab so if you're an Arab watching a foreigner try and speak in Arabic it's uh it's really you notice straight away so in Rami they're really careful with that so Dina obviously I mean she speaks Arabic but she doesn't speak much so I don't know if she's super comfortable with it which is fine it fits with the story same with his Lebanese friend again Mo speaks Arabic fluently, so they let him, you know what I mean? It's very, it's very, they've done it really well. Yeah, and on that point, I started watching Community yesterday, and I know exactly what you're talking about with the Arabs. Not being able to speak Arabic, I cannot understand a word, it was awful. And then, and then, okay, Abid, that Muslim character, goes to a Christmas party, and he's like, hey, I made you a traditional Muslim dish. What's a traditional Muslim dish? <laughs> I was like, is he serious? What are they talking about? And he's saying it like he celebrates it during Christmas time. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh, it made me so angry. Oh my gosh, that actually makes I didn't get that far. That's actually what did he make? I don't know, they didn't even say I assume it was something like goat. <laughs> no, <laughs> going back to our first episode. <laughs> Wow. No, that's because I was thinking about it as well. Like Uncle Nassim, again, he speaks to an Egyptian accent, but he's not a proper Egyptian. Yeah, we need to talk about Uncle Nassim. But again, it's relevant to the story because him and Maisa have uh, different accents. Can I just say Uncle Nassim totally called that he was gay. I was saying last episode, I can totally tell when a, when a character's like a bit iffy or whatever. I called it, called it. Are you joking? I was so shook. When I found that I literally covered my mouth with like both my hands. I like sat there and processed it. Like it was insane for me. I was like, wowie. No, wow. do you know what it is though? Because remember the episode where Dina, the episode with Irene and Dina was talking to him and he was like, yeah, no, I also had my doubts because he assumed she was saying she was a lesbian. So then I was yeah. like, oh, wow. So Uncle Nassim is gay. Like I knew it, but I'm really surprised that they did a whole episode about it. And I'm really surprised yeah, it's just because he's like the most horribly stereotypical like Arab in the show. So I thought it was really brave actually to do like a whole episode about him being gay and putting other Arab men in it too. I mean, I fully didn't get that he thought she was lesbian. Like that all went straight over my head. <laughs> I thought she was just like stressed because she uh, posted it on Facebook. Like I literally was like, oh, she posted on Facebook about her success. So Evil Eye is going to come get her. I did not catch that. But I really like that they gave him this whole episode and like the whole like internalized homophobia, like it got so good. And it was, and I was like, that is so true. Like that must be so accurate to so, so, so many people. That was sick. It, it's so true. And I love that episode because as an LGBT Muslim, like you definitely have that inter- internalized homophobia that you have to deal with. And I just thought that was 
amazingly shown. It was it was beautiful. It was so sad. It was so upsetting when he was he's eating the cake on the street at the end. I was like, oh, but the cake looked delicious. Oh, it really did, didn't it? The thing is, like, what I like about these episodes as well, like, he didn't give a solution. Like, you know, it's kind of really real lifey because you know, a lot of times shows try to resolve issues, like in an episode. But he never does. It's just an ongoing issue after issue. And, and you just, like, we, we don't actually know what happens at the end of everyone's dilemmas because they're ongoing. Everyone's just constantly trying to work on it. I know. It was honestly so heartbreaking. Like, I really wanted him to end up with the guy at the gym, but instead he punched him in the face. Like, oh, it just, yeah. there's no solution ever. And I just want everyone to live happily ever after, but that's just not what it's like. And I just don't know what to do. But I was so proud of Jim Guy for being like, get out. I was like, yeah, like, yeah, Uncle Nassim has been awful to you. And he probably doesn't call him Uncle Nassim, but he's been awful to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that episode is so, it's so difficult. And I always like, especially for someone like Uncle Nassim, who like annoyingly lives super loudly, like in terms of his Arabness and his Muslimness, like, and it's, it's really, it's really interesting because they made him, He's basically the kind of person who goes around telling people what to do. And they use that with the example of the supermarket. Like, he goes and tells everyone what to do. And it's obviously because he doesn't know what to do. You know, in the supermarket, he was giving the guy business advice, like, you should stock this. Um, but he doesn't do it in a nice way. He's always like, you know, like in Arabic, he was like, like, you know, your small brain, like, you need to go. He's, he's not, he's not nice at all. But yeah, he's obviously got a lot of things going on. Yeah, and I find it really interesting how he's such a horrible character and you hate him so much, but you have so much sympathy for him when he's sitting there eating his cake by himself in the street crying. Like, I thought that was mad how they were able to make us pity a man so much that was so horrible on the surface. And I just say, I know I'm jumping ahead, but I absolutely love the scene where Uncle Nazim and Sheikh Ali and Zainab are having a go at each other. So he's being really racist, anti-black, and they're being anti-Arab. And I loved it. I, I thought that was, and it was just, I loved it. I loved it. Me too. Like, you know, he always adds in little, like, like we said, the tiny conversation he had with Dina about being gay. Like he adds in little things like that tiny, I don't know, it can't have been more than a minute where him and, and the Ali's meet. Um, and it's a really, I find it a really difficult subject to broach because like we can't deny that there's racism in like the Arab community, but they do, they broach it and like so openly as well. Even when the mom sees the picture of Zainab, she's like, she looks like Beyonce. And then you're like, ah, oh, she's basically saying, oh, she's black. Like, and I just, yeah, I'm so glad they broached the subject. Dina and Rami are amazing as well. Wait, can I just say, I, I don't love the, the racism and stuff. I love that they approach that because it's such a tough topic to approach. But yeah, um, Dina and Rami are amazing though because Rami's like, oh, you think she looks like Beyonce? What, what about her looks like Beyonce? And I love that they just go in there like, yeah, like let's call these people out. I, I loved it. And then, do you know what? When, when Zainab was like, you know, we're not the ones bombing people or something. I was like, whoa, Zainab, I took that a bit like, whoa. But that's, that's, that's exactly the, what they were going for. Yeah, it's like the other bit where Sheikh Ali is like, you know, the hypocrisy. Like, we're trying to, like, in the black community, we're trying to keep Muslims good. And then Arabs are opening up liquor stores on our, on our street corners. And I was like, yeah, like, it goes both ways. We think we're so... I think my thing with Arabs as well, because we speak Arabic, and it's the language of the Quran, and we're like, you know, it's this whole thing. We feel so, like, I don't know. Superior. Right yeah, and we're like, you know... 
I don't even need to learn this whole language to read. I can just pick up this book and read it. But I think it makes us really complacent sometimes. And we're like, it's okay, I'll open a liquor store because, I mean, it's fine, do you, whatever, but just don't go around judging people and not see your, I don't know, your involvement in everything. It's, uh, yeah. Oh, so it's such a good way to like highlight these like slight issues. Yeah, I agree. I mean, just to highlight it, like people, I feel like people overlook the racism in our communities a lot because we're brown, we're ethnic minorities ourselves. So you think, oh, I can't be racist to someone else, but that's just not what it's like. So I really enjoyed how they just outed everyone for it as well. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was really good. Definitely. I didn't even think we talk about Uncle Nassim so much. Do you know what else though about Uncle Nassim? Do you know what he does so well? The eating scenes. Like he eats so much in the show and he does it in <laughs> so well. Like I hate watching him eat, but it's like quite a familiar scene. <laughs> <laughs> Um, on eating, um, do you know what really annoyed me when um, Rami starts going to the mosque and then comes home and he's like, Mum, is this chicken halal? And she's like, What? And I'm, I was like, Why don't you cook your own chicken, Rami? I was so annoyed at him. I was like, You've been to the mosque like one day. I totally get like why his parents were so outraged at that. I know the audacity of this man, I could not handle it grown man just saying you know, do you know what it is what i really like i think that was like it was meant to signify like he basically worried about every religious aspect that's outside of your inside like outside of yourself so he was like wearing prayer beads like um dating a muslim like a, a hijabi like a woman that's veiled and worrying about the chicken being halal but he wasn't doing any of the internal work and like all these things that he kept putting on his parents i think they could see he wasn't really maybe changing properly he was just like you know but maybe it's a good place to start is this chicken halal but yeah no i agree the audacity to kind of be like mom is this chicken halal like um not a good place to start when you're you're working at your uncle's shop because you can't get a job you're living at home rent free you're so rude to your parents and he's such a waste man i just have no tolerance for rami i just no no not a good place to start leave your mom alone she cooks your meal every day yeah i agree Guys, I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to take a call. You guys go. <laughs> wow, this is the second time, Ella. I know. This Ella, actually, I'm actually this. interested. I'm interested to know did you catch when um, the mum said um, Ariana Grande? Ariana Grande? Thank you so much. No, um, she was talking about Ariana Grande and she, she made a joke and she said Ariana Grande. What does that mean? Oh, okay. I mean, Ariana means naked, and it's, it's oh funny because it sounds like Ariana. But you know oh, what I mean. Like, I definitely did not catch that. That is very oh, sad. Shame, that man. So funny. I bet loads of Arabic speakers like make that joke. For real, but I also liked it because that's such an Arabic like joke to make. Like you know, just say a word in a little different accent, and it means another word. Like that's very much the humor, and I like that. Oh, thanks for joining us, mate. Oh, sorry, did we interrupt your call or anything? Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just talking about Ariana Grande. Wasn't that hilarious? <laughs> and I was explaining to Ella. So funny. So funny. <laughs> so, so funny. There's so many of these little things and I realised they're not always, they don't always translate the Arabic. And then sometimes they just give you the general gist. It's so good. There's so many little gems in there. They never translate fully what the dad says. Yeah, yeah, and Farouk comes up with some crackers, you know. <laughs> I love the way he speaks. I, I'm always like trying to like 
think like, okay, I'm, if I was translating this into English, what would that sound like? And it always comes across really harsh, but you have to understand like sometimes it's not meant as harshly, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think the translations are really accurate because like when you translate it word for word, like it's not, it really doesn't explain it well. A lot, especially a lot of like the metaphors that we use and stuff, like it just sounds really odd if you would translate it. But um, I think that was really sick. It was fun to like see what I could understand and then see the translations as well. Yeah, yeah, let's talk about the dad's episode. I thought it was really, really upsetting actually. I mean, they're really good at hinting uh, at other people's stories throughout the show. So I, I knew he'd lost his job because that was hinted at in uh, Dina's story, I think, and even Rami's stories. Um, I thought, so sad. Do you know what I really liked? I like his exchange in the cafe when he's sitting in the cafe and he's speaking really loudly and then um, this person turns around and she's like, could you stop talking? Which I thought was really rude, actually. Yeah, but I feel, I feel, I feel that happens. When I was watching him, I remember I have this... I think it's the thing I've been aware of in the UK, like foreign people don't get to be as, don't get to be as, as, as relaxed or maybe as much themselves as, as non-foreign people. So basically anyone that's not, you know, I don't know, everyone belongs to a country, whatever, but like, you know, especially if you're non-white in the UK, I just remember moving to the UK at 13, being really aware of not being able to be completely yourself, not necessarily us, but in terms of dad, for sure. Like, you know, when you always be like, oh, especially when you're younger, be like, dad, no, oh, you know, we can't, blah, blah, you know? But do you know what, actually, I thought I found his story really upsetting because it resonated so much having an Egyptian father. And yes, he speaks loudly on the phone. Dad speaks really loudly on the phone. But at the same time, if there was an annoying, like, like young white guy who was speaking really loudly on the phone, I'd, I'd be like, yeah, she should tell him off. So I feel like I am being a bit uh, more protective over him because of his minority status. But don't you think it's different? Like, I feel when people say something to someone, it's kind of like, it's this whole thing of representing a whole, like, whatever, group of people. So you feel like you're just aware that people's reactions are affected by what you look like. So if, like, dad, I don't know, got annoyed at someone, I'm aware that as a non-white person, like, as a tall Arab, he needs to be a bit more careful than maybe just a, just a white man. I don't know. I always feel... Like there's, there's a, there's another thing you need to consider. People's reactions are not completely like, oh, it's just a noise. They look at the person and I think they, they make assumptions, but maybe that's in my head. I don't know. Maybe we should all be ourselves. No, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree. Um, yeah, I just, I, I do see it from both points of view though, because he started off asking her for a charger for his laptop and in, in our head, it's, it's like, well, that's so dumb. We have different laptops. Why would you even ask that? So she's already made an opinion formed an opinion about him like this annoying old man who's asking me for a charger and then he's talking really loudly while I'm trying to work so I, I get it from her point of view but yeah I also get that he he doesn't know these things and we should be more mindful and tolerant of that no but I think I, I think it's interesting but it's, I think how you look has a lot to do with it it's, it's funny because you know you think like if you're in a cafe and like say he's a good looking young man that she's potentially interested in whatever you know he's just a good looking young man she would have never been like keep your voice down if he'd asked for a charge she'd be like oh i'm so sorry but that's a different laptop it's completely everyone's reaction is driven on how this person looks we always say this like is this guy a creep like if he was good looking is he still a creep <laughs> like but you know you could it's just people's reactions based on how people look 
Yeah, yeah, I think I totally agree with you. I was just trying to challenge my own biases. Um, <laughs> but ultimately, I, I, yeah, I totally agree. You know, in that episode, what I found really interesting with the dad, the whole like living in the future. And I really, really get that. And especially if you're a family who've moved somewhere, if you've left home, you're really only living in the future, because there's this whole goal of potentially going back or like reaching a certain for them it's like reaching a certain level of lifestyle that he didn't think he could achieve in Egypt and you have to live in the future because in the his present right now doesn't seem to be worth it like worth obviously it shows him sending tapes home his dad passed away he didn't get to go back like it just it just is a lot so I think part of that is like living in the future is almost better yeah I agree I'm just realizing how how much this hits compared to our own experience with our father's experience and it's actually really upsetting but um another thing is that they touched on the fact that the people in Egypt think oh you've gone away and you've made a better life for yourself you're really successful and you're rich and now you're a westerner and they they kind of resent you for that and they they don't realize that it's actually so 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 hard uh, going from being you know really comfortable in your own society to going and being like the lowest of another society you know trying to deal with that not being able to be yourself and yeah he just he takes it all on doesn't he because I don't think his kids really understand it either and I think his wife is in her own little bubble dealing with her own struggles I think it it's really lonely for him yeah I agree and like he's very much chasing after this like American dream that so many people long for but I'm not sure that he will ever feel content if he reaches it. Like, I feel like in his head, he wants to be like rich and successful and wants to support his family back in Egypt. But I'm not sure that even he has a clear idea of when that will be. He wants to make it worth leaving Egypt. So I don't think he'll ever find something that is worth that because he values his family and his old life so much. Okay. he even says like i'm chasing a stream that doesn't exist he says it himself and it's really weird like you say that every immigrant family everywhere but especially in america because they actually do call it the american dream it's not like i know in the uk there is a, a dream but it's not like a thing in america there really is such a thing as the american dream and i i don't know i want someone to tell me what that is that is so weird i was having a conversation this morning because i was on instagram and kalani just posted a post um on instagram saying that she has finally bought a property and some land that she will be able to pass on to her children her grandchildren her grandchildren's grandchildren and i was like wow that really is the american dream for a lot of people because i don't know if you've read of mice and men when you're in school like that is totally like living of the fatter of the land I, I was talking about this this morning and that is the dream ultimately to be able to support yourself like that what's the what's the need for the american part of it though like i get it it's really weird because also buying land i mean that's kalani right like your average person <laughs> able to buy land and house. they're like probably more likely to do than egypt it's just unfortunately like it is it is difficult everywhere so i'm like what is this dream that everyone's chasing and why does putting american in front of it make it better well when i studied of mice and men in my gcse <laughs> yes, got a star, just saying <laughs> Um, it's basically just it's the land of the free it was a land of opportunity like everyone went there just to chase it and it just seemed like the place to be obviously now it's a bit like why do we still use that term because like you could have an English dream an Egyptian dream any dream surely but like no it's always been America 
Well, yeah, America is always, like you said, uh, the land of the free. And people still believe that now, which I find so crazy because so many different groups are oppressed in America. Um, but yeah, it, it, I think it was about like, you know, restarting your life. It's like a reset button you could do and, like, you know, millions of opportunities that you could find. And obviously loads of people who move to America feel that. And it probably is more opportunities than there used to maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But unfortunately, in these opportunities as well, like when people get let go is often the people chasing the American dream the most like it's where they're the ones who've moved they're just that yeah are you are you thinking about the message where he put down where his dad shot himself with the gun that Romney took to yeah his- I was like how have we not talked about this I was just gonna throw it in the dad lost his job in the first place because of freaking Romney who is an idiot so so I'll tell you about the scene so oh is that okay yeah the scene so there was a scene so Rami basically gets promoted in his job and Uncle Nassim's like, look, you're really important in this diamond shop now. Here's a gun. So he gives Rami a gun. So Rami, like an idiot, is just walking around with this gun, goes back, goes to dinner at his dad's boss's house. OK, then he's like obsessed with masturbation. So he goes to the toilet and decides he wants to go masturbate. OK, so he puts the gun on the side and then this um, uh, his dad's boss's dad, who's this old man who's suffering from dementia, walks in on Rami okay we're not really sure he really is aware of what he's doing he walks in I the first thing I would do in Rami's position is grab the gun you're, you're dealing with someone who's mentally ill like grab the freaking gun but no Rami leaves the gun there this old man grabs the gun threatens to shoot Rami doesn't shoot Rami that was a really tense moment mm-hmm. and then takes the gun and runs away and another mistake he makes Rami doesn't tell anyone that that this old man has a gun just own up to the mistake and be like, I'm so sorry, but this man got hold of my gun. But he doesn't. And then this guy ends up shooting himself, which is awful. And then his dad loses his job because of it, which is awful too. And Rami is just such a waste man. Ella, you look so concerned. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. I'm Honestly, so sorry. that whole scene, I just, I didn't know what was going on. I was like, why does this exist? This boy's an idiot. I was like, how? Like, I get it. Like, he's sitting on the toilet. Some old man walks in. Bit weird. But don't be like, oh, sir, could you please pass me the gun? Snatch it, man. This yeah. one's like 80, 90. Like, you could outrun him easy. Like, just take it and run. I don't know what yeah. I'm But I was terrified. I did cover my eyes. I was really scared. Because this show is capable of anything. I was like, anyone could get shot in this situation. I don't even know. So I literally covered my eyes because I was so scared. Who even comes up with these scenes? I'm so confused. Like, the whole thing is just baffling to me. But also, we don't know. It doesn't say... So no one knows that the dad got the gun from Rami. Like, it's just a bad situation. Rami gets away again. Like, it's just... It's so ridiculous. Oh, he just gets away with so much, doesn't he? He's such a... Oh. I know. He's so frustrating. But also, I don't understand. Like Mai said, how do they come up with these scenes? It's like Mm -hmm. they just kind of, like, take drugs go with whatever's going on, perfect. <laughs> Can we talk about that one episode where they're trying to get the fundraiser man and they go to his mansion and he drinks breast milk oh, yes. and a porn star's there and he has to shoot a bow and arrow. It, honestly, weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. Sorry, what? So she's actually... Now you're joking. Yeah, it was like the second Rami. episode. Oh! <laughs> yeah, I love you... Yeah, I can imagine when you're hearing it, you can't make the connection. But yeah, yeah. So oh, yeah, sorry. they have try and go get raise some money for the mosque, and they go to like this millionaire donor, and they go to his house. He's like, is he? He's Emirati, 
Um, so he's like really rich and stuff and they try and convince him to give a tiny amount of his fortune, $2 million to this mosque. May, why do you look confused? I don't think I've seen that. Are you joking? It was no, like the second it. episode. I actually don't think I've seen it. <laughs> why do you think Zainab and Rami became close? I don't know, I thought they were on this little... Oh, okay, they went on this journey to get... Oh, no. Why Can we talk about it, though? No, we you know that, that's like a real porn star who features. Yeah, oh my god, can I tell you the backstory? <gasps> yeah, go Basically, for it. yeah, her name's Mia Khalifa. She's very famous. Basically, she oh sorry, sorry. No offense, She's mate, you're so kind of disruptive. ruining everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. So basically, this porn star, she did um I know who a, she is actually. Yeah, and basically she yeah, did her when she was wearing the hijab, and um that was obviously really controversial because what and then she literally got like banned she's not allowed to go back to lebanon she's banned from the country yeah. and she got like lots of death threats and i think isis were like after her for a little bit and that's mentioned in the episode but i just thought why is she in drama but then again why am i even surprised anything could happen there was a tiger yeah. i don't even know like it was absolutely mental um so i found that really interesting as well i actually and have not seen mad. this episode oh my it was such a good episode i don't know sorry you need to go back and watch it I think it's episode two. Um, no, I think it's episode six or oh. four. Wait, pick, make make your mind up. Sorry, wait. <laughs> I I actually haven't seen that. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, wow. Yeah, wow. It's episode four. Research. It's episode four. <laughs> so she doesn't do her homework. She gets a call in the middle of the thing, then she starts playing the episode in the middle of our... Oh, honestly, wow. no, I'm sorry. This I'm is two, two of your three strikes. We might have to kick you out of this. I know. So, okay, okay. Well, that was a really cool episode. And yeah, we, we can move on to other things. Um, yeah, very trippy. Um, can I just say, there's a few little things that I really like that they chuck in there. Um, the Nedi thing. Did you notice? Know yes! Yes! <laughs> it's so true! It's so, so fucking... Oh. It's so hard to explain to a Westerner what that is. No, do you know, it was really funny, I was listening to the Ali Amoro um, uh, podcast and she was talking about it with May, who plays Dina and Romy. Uh, and I was wondering why she's talking about Nedi membership, but basically she was talking about how her family have just decided to stop um, paying for the membership and her granddad was super upset about it because obviously it's really difficult to gain membership to these so they're clubs but they're sports clubs but they you just hang out and they're huge like it's got tennis football swimming everything but also just a place to hang out and it's really difficult to become a member if if it's not like passed down in your family and um every family that's away from egypt is paying Nedi subscription and i don't think it's cheap like and I just don't know. I remember thinking the same thing. Like, why are we paying? We haven't been to Egypt in five years. <laughs> why am I still a member? It's so funny, isn't it? Because you can go in as a guest. Like, for the, for the one time every five years you go, it's, I, I'm pretty sure it's cheaper to go as a guest than be a member. It's this whole, I guess, living in a future thing. There's this, like, constant, you know, we might go back. I wonder how many people actually go back. I'd be interested to know the statistics. That's so, so interesting, isn't it? It's like you got one foot in Egypt, one foot in your actual feature, and you're like, oh, maybe I will go back. Maybe my family will end up back there. That's so weird, isn't it? Such a it weird, weird, weird feeling. Um, I thought 
another thing, maybe we could talk about the mom's story, her whole episode. Again, like when they tell you, the mom's stories are interesting because they don't go into like her past life. We don't see past videos. We just learn about her through situations that happen to her, whether it's meeting some French man in a taxi and you get to hear her speak French or having a trans woman in her taxi and therefore learning about her as well. The mum's episodes are my favourite episode. So mum's episode season two, my favourite episode um, in the season. I really, really like her. Sorry, I call her mum. Her name's Naisa, okay. Um, interestingly, I've just realised, I think um, Rami gets a lot of his behaviours from her because um, she, she realises she's offended one of her uh, clients because she's a Lyft driver. And then she just keeps making the situation worse and worse and worse. She goes and finds them. She goes and stalks them. She's trying to, trying to apologize. They don't accept the apology and she can't handle it. She's just, she's like a female Romy, isn't she? A bit. But she's a way better one because we see in the final episode when she's like, hi, I'm Mesa, pronouns. Uh, she, <laughs> that is she. Her, yeah, she, her. So I love cute. that so much. Adina's face, so cute. I love that she learned from her mistakes misgendering someone and also I really really like that because she's obviously a French speaker and I love that she's trying to figure out how she would use um, the pronouns they in French and it's just it's so true because French is such a gendered language and yeah she's, she's just really confused she just doesn't know how to do it. Yeah and I also think her episode was one of the only episodes that didn't leave you a bit sad and like it was just loose ends because it, the whole episode was her trying to get her American citizenship and she goes through this whole journey and then right at the end she gets it and she vows to uh, vote Trump, Trump out of um, yeah. presidency so that was really nice to see that like she got her citizenship she learned from her mistakes in it and it made you feel a bit good at the end. And I also loved uh, so she talks to a trans woman and they talk about how hard life is for both of them. So one as an Egyptian immigrant who's Muslim uh, and one as a trans woman. And it's just, I love that conversation because they're like, well, life's hard for me. Yeah, well, life's hard for me too. And that's so like, um, it's very similar to when Sheikh Ali and Uncle Nassim were talking about, you know, being a black Muslim and an Arab Muslim and the differences there. I love, I love these little conversations between minorities. I love it. And I think it shows, I think a lot of people like to lump minorities and be like, you know, you guys experience discrimination, but putting all these conversations one next to the other tells you that, no, we're not just a Bane group, you know, it's not just other, like everyone has their very real experiences and they're very different, like just because, and that's why she's like, I think she assumed as as someone who's discriminated against, she'd be able to understand, she's like, you know, I'm on your side, but actually she had to do work in understanding what being trans means and, you know, what she needs to do to be a good ally. So yeah, it was, uh, it's really cleverly done. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, so good. Um, I love that episode, sorry. That episode made me cry. I loved it so much. Oh, really? I loved it. Yeah, like, I love her story. I love it. I don't know why. That's weird for me. It's like the dad episode, the dad, the dad episode is the one that made me cry. That really got to me. Or like the granddad episode in like season one. These things really get to me. Or like the, I like the religious bits as well. I don't know why. Like, you know, at the end of season two, when they do that whole, because usually I don't listen to the whole song at the end, but at the end of season two, when he's playing the CD on like religion in general, and I thought it was so nice. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. Um, on that, actually, I thought the music was incredible this season. Like, I wanted to like write down all the names or whatever. I, don't, I didn't, but I loved all the music. I loved it. 
all the music is always good. Like from season one, he got me because there's a, there's mm. a, I think there's a song, Hakati Mazaman. It's one of my favorite songs, anyways. I can't remember at the end of which episode, but he plays it at the end and it's just so, so good. And I love as well the, you know, the intro song. And it'll come after anything. Like I think in the dad's, yes. like, you, you know, in Tarohi, in whatever, like really sentimental. And then it'll be like. I was going to say, it doesn't always fit in to have such a cheery theme to it. And it just comes so suddenly, doesn't it? It goes straight in there. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. The thing that I forget about Romy as well, it says, I think it's meant to be funny. Like it's generally, it's really heavy stuff. But it's also funny, like even in the last episode with the confrontation of Sheikh Ali and Rami, we need to talk about the whole last episode anyways. But um, like Rami, I feel like he's still like, he always tries to make things simple and has a stupid face where he's like smiling, be like, but it's okay, we'll pray, right? <laughs> like everyone makes mistakes, right? <laughs> oh. <laughs> he looks like Mickey Mouse, doesn't he? Oh he just, I just see Mickey Mouse. I just see this like, Duh. maybe because he also acts like a mouse. I don't know. <laughs> Amy, what he's so scared mean? all the time. Like, he's just so scared and he's just like scuttering around and he's like, let's pray. And <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't... <laughs> you know, as well, like he really annoys me. Like the audacity to be to the sheikh, like let's pray or let's make du'a or whatever. Uh, I'm like, who yeah. are you? Calm down. You've literally been to the mosque once. Like he needs to really calm down. It, oh, I, I actually hate him. But the, the last episode was so, so good. Cause it starts off with uh, the situation of him and Ameni in a hotel in Egypt. And this is something I've always been like intrigued by. I really wondered whether they really enforced it. Cause I know it's illegal for non-married couples to go to a hotel. Um, mm -hmm. But I just, I didn't know it was so actively enforced. And it's funny cause they touched on that as well. Um, so yeah, I really like that they did that in the episode and I was really shocked by it actually. Yeah, I didn't know that was a thing but it makes so much sense. Yeah, I think it is a thing. And also, I've always heard about it, but yeah, like same as him. He's like, I heard about it, but I didn't think it'd be enforced. And then I like how he's like, but I'm American, I'm American. And then what really got to me was like, look at my last name and they have the same last name. And I was like, oh, uh. and then they go on to be together. And I'm like, how did that just not make you throw up from your eyeballs? I just, I can't. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's so true. The thing, the thing, the American thing, you know, but I'm American. The thing that I liked about Egypt is that you're Egyptian. Like, they don't care. You could have whatever color, parent, whatever. Like, we had a whole blonde mum, but we were still Egyptian. And I think, like, right, don't you remember? Whole blonde mum. Like, a whole, <laughs> a whole blonde mum. But you're still Egyptian. Um, but really, like, did you ever feel like you weren't? Like, I just always felt like I was Egyptian. Like, no one ever pretended that I wasn't. But then when you moved to the UK, you're not a whole British person. Do you know what I mean? And I found that's the main difference between moving between two countries. It's so true. I think Egypt is really proud to like claim you as theirs, no matter how, um, you know, loose those ties are or whatever. I mean, I say that, but our ties aren't loose, just say. Um, but actually, no, like sometimes they don't recognise at first that you're Egyptian. Because I remember like walking down the street in Egypt and then someone would shout something. And then I think... I think this was like a few years ago. And then like, basically they shouted something in Arabic that was a bit rude. And then I, I said something back in Arabic and they were like, whoa, she's Egyptian. They were really surprised. Um, so they don't always see it, but but yeah. No, but I think that's going back now. I think we, they can tell we're not, uh, like growing up there, that didn't happen. Like, I don't remember growing up being mistaken as a non-Egyptian. I, I know see, we were, I see. but we were always out. Like we were just always out. But I don't remember anyone 
questioning my Egyptianness or even thinking I wasn't. It's weird, right? Like, but then now I think when we go back, maybe the way we dress, the company we're in, the types of places we go, I, I get how we could be mistaken. But growing up, it was never, I, I don't think I ever had to be like, no, I'm Egyptian. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Unless we were in Sharm el-Sheikh or something. Um, and then it was yeah. the location. Yeah, I think that's probably down to maybe Egypt being a bit of a melting pot. You know, it's quite diverse already. So you wouldn't always assume, you know, someone isn't Egyptian if they don't look it. And also maybe Egypt's relationship with tourism, like Egypt is so dependent on it that they they would never think badly of people who come to their country. No, but I think but I think the difference is like in the UK, there's always like a your British but. You know, like, like, but there's, there isn't an equivalent in Egypt that, like, oh, but, like, did you, I, I never got, where are you really from, though, like, in Egypt? Do you know what I mean? I feel like... Yeah, yeah, but mm -hmm. for, the, for the reasons I just said, though. No, but it's, it's quite yeah. diverse already. Yeah, but the UK is a melting pot, like, so, like... Oh, yeah. I don't see the UK as a melting pot, because, yeah, yeah, like, what you just said, yes, you're, you're British, but, like, you're, you're British Asian, you're, yeah, you know no, what I mean? You're not, you're not just British. Right, right, but the UK is more of yeah, a yeah. melting. We actually don't have loads of like the Egypt isn't really a melting pot in terms. Of, I guess we are ethnically diverse within Egypt, like as Egyptians, and that's what you're saying. But we don't get loads of like outsiders. Like I don't know, like in the UK, where there's a whole like British Asian community, British Black community. We don't really have that in Egypt as much. I'm sure there is, but in smaller pockets. So I don't know why. I just mean like in America and the UK or like in generally white countries in general, something takes away from your Britishness or Americanness. But in Egypt, nothing can take away from your Egyptianness. When it comes down to it, like if you're found in a hotel with someone and you're not married, you're Egyptian in that point. You know, they don't care. You know, like your Egyptianness, if you tell them you're Egyptian, that's it. You're Egyptian. Do you know what I mean? Especially if you have an Egyptian dad. Whereas in the UK, there's like a, there's a but. Like, especially in America, they have this issue. Like if you're a tiny bit anything else, you're automatically another, especially if you're like a quarter black, you're black. Do you know what I mean? But we were a whole half white, whole half white, but we're still Egyptian. That that's just my main comparison of the situation. No, I agree, but I think I think that stems from attitudes towards uh, people coming to Egypt and things like that. How we always embrace people coming to Egypt. You know, there is an attitude towards like outsiders. You know, it, Britain and America have a very weird relationship with foreigners. I say in air quotes and that probably stems from the fact that you know um people you know in Britain people are like yeah yeah British people not meant to be white but then in Egypt because of their ethnic diversity it's not quite that simple I don't know I don't know I'm just trying to think of the reasons why these attitudes are the way they are yeah yeah okay cool <laughs> no, I get it. It's just an interesting conversation to have. Um, I was gonna say, let's talk about Zainab. Zainab. Yes. Thoughts, Belle. Love her. Ten out of ten. Um, she was so lovely. She was great. I loved how cool she was. She was just everything about her was so cool. And usually, when you see like veiled women portrayed in TV shows and things, they're always very like. I don't know how to describe it. They're very like quiet, put together, like keep to themselves if they're Muslim and stuff. But like with her, she was Muslim. That was part of her, but that wasn't all of her. She was really cool and she had a great personality and a great sense of humor. And I really appreciated seeing that. And I thought she was really well dressed as well. I enjoyed the outfit. Yeah, the berries. 
Mm. Her only flaw was uh, liking Romy. Agreed. <laughs> he, he was the biggest thing about her that I hated. <laughs> I agree. In fact, maybe that's something to consider. Like, is she okay? Like, I'm like, how? How did she see what she saw in Romy? <laughs> I think she wanted a fixer-upper. I think she she was like, again, it's this whole pity thing, you know? It's the same as her dad. You know, they took pity on Romy. They want to help him and... She's just, they're just so nice that they let him in. Um, but yeah, she's pretty awesome. She's pretty badass, isn't she? She is. Makes me so upset that she thought she could help fix him. But Rami's just an absolute mess. No one can fix him. He's just so destructive. I really don't like him. You know, all the women in the show are actually really cool. Like, they're, they're really feisty. And in fact, when I think about it, I don't really, you know, we always have this idea of Muslim women being quite reserved and stuff, that to me is not actually the reality. Most of the ones I know are like feisty. There might be like, there might be situations to be like polite and quiet, but generally like they're quite like, you know, outspoken and like opinionated, even if they're not opinions you agree with, like they like still will say, and they're, and they're often loud. <laughs> um, so I like all the women in the show and I like the way they're, they're portrayed. And Zainab is so, so cool. And her dad is really cool. They're like the perfect little unit, and they're just the loveliest people. And then they were super unlucky to meet Romy. Yeah, and I, I really like how protective she was of her dad. She wasn't afraid to be, you know, the, the bad guy in that situation in terms of protecting her dad, what he's worked for, the mosque. Um, and even, do you know what was sad? Like when they went, you, you probably didn't see this, Mike, because you, you didn't do your homework. But when they went to this um, uh, millionaire's house to get a donation from him, like this guy wouldn't speak to her i don't know it may it's probably because she's a woman but also probably because she's a black woman um so rami had to take the lead there and the the way she just accepted that for the sake of getting the donation you know that's not a weak thing to do like she it's a very strong thing to do it's like acknowledging that the the result is more important than her feelings in that situation which is really upsetting and it shouldn't happen but yeah that just shows how awesome she is I, I really like how you put that. It's true. You don't really think about that. I think you're right. People see it as a sign of weakness, but it's just, it's a really like clever and really strong thing to do. Like you just, and I think as well as women, you have to, you have to think about the consequences of your action, maybe more than men. Like if, if a woman speaks up, the consequences that you need to consider a bit more than if a man speaks up, you know, men will sort it out between them, but women, it is true. It just gives you like the layers of things you need to consider in, in certain situations. It's true. Yeah. But, you know, I think the whole, the last episode is so, so, so horrible. It's so weird because I think from the beginning of the season, I think we all see where this is going with Zainab. And you just see that Romy's going to mess it up. Like, there was no way he was going to be a, a good person. Like, we just, we all know he needed more than, needed more than Sheikh Ali and his daughter to save him, which means, like, I don't know if he's beyond repair. But, um, so, so, so sad. Yeah, and so what's worse is he waited till him and Zainab got married and slept together before coming clean. And I personally don't put so much weight on like, you know, the virginity thing and how, you know, like whatever that is, you know, I mean, like a lot of people like are very like, oh, they're so sacred and stuff. But I totally acknowledge how sacred it was for her and Sheikh Ali, how important it was for them. and oh the fact that like you can see it in Sheikh Ali the, like his face the next day like he totally like 
I don't know what the word is, but his daughter. Oh. It's so, so, that's the biggest heartbreak. Like, it doesn't matter what you think about, like, virginity and how important it is to keep it. But, like, it is, it is a big deal. Like, even if it wasn't a religious aspect, it is a big deal. If it's something, if you love someone and you know something means so much to them, whatever it is, it could have been a kiss, whatever, seeing her hair, there were so many things. Like, I wish they'd stopped at seeing her hair. Like, I was just, because uh, yeah. even he didn't even deserve that, uh, because I know what that means to her. And I'm just, Sheikh Ali is just the most amazing character, because I would have, I wanted to punch Rami, right? So if Zainab didn't punch him, fine, I would have totally beat him up. And Sheikh Ali didn't. And I was like, just beat him up and leave him. <laughs> No, but, but Sheikh Ali did swear in his face, which I was really upset that, that Rami made him do that because I know how, how much he would internalise that and be like, I wish I hadn't done that and blame himself. But he, Rami deserved, deserved way worse. He did deserve a punch in the face. He did. I think also it's, it, I, think, I think it was nice, not nice, but like the fact that he swore, like everyone is human. Like he really got this guy. There is not a, like a more raw nerve that he could have hit like he just got this guy exactly where yeah this guy should have killed him but and then to see him swear it's like even shahadi but it just shows you like this whole like religion thing no one is great even the most we all love the sheikh obviously and we wish he was the sheikh but even he who we think is perfect isn't and he constantly talks about that he talks about there's no perfection and rami goes to him as like i want to be like you without really putting in the work like so it just shows you it's just an ongoing oh Honestly, I'm so, 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 so upset for Zainab. I'm so upset. And I don't know, what do you think they should do next season? Like, get together?